Jesus, we come here and we thank you. We praise you. We remember you for your goodness, for what you have done for us, for your gift and your sacrifice, and help us to honor you as we remember you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put it on him, a purple robe, and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault with him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it has been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me, he to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat, and a place that is called a pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, in about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And they took Jesus away. They took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city and was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. 
Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. And they said, therefore, amongst themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, They parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture did they cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. The night before his death, hours before his betrayal, Jesus sat with his disciples at a table celebrating the Passover meal. Every year, all of Israel was commanded to return to Jerusalem and celebrate the feast of Passover. It reminded them of the story of Exodus, the promise made to the fathers, the long wait for a deliverance of God's people from slavery to Egypt, the mighty signs and wonders that God showed at that time, and above all, that night of Passover, their night of salvation. It was a night of salvation in two ways. First, God provided salvation from slavery to Egypt by bringing his judgment on them in the death of their firstborn sons. But it was also a night of salvation from the judgment of God against their own firstborn by allowing them to have a lamb sacrificed in their place. This sacrifice had to be a young adult male without spot or blemish killed by their own hands, its body consumed and its blood sprinkled on their doors. And every year after that first Passover night, every law-abiding Israelite was commanded to take part in that meal, remembering the twofold salvation from slavery and from God's judgment. And it was this meal that Jesus used to explain His coming death. 
as he took the bread and the cup. He took a metaphor that was familiar to the men around him and breathed new life into it with these words when he said, This is my body broken for you. And this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. People wanted to be in a right relationship with God and the law was given to them. According to the law, which was good and righteous and holy, there are two ways to be right before God. Either a person must keep every single one of the commands perfectly forever, or a sacrifice must be made in that person's place to take the punishment so they don't have to. We all break God's commands. And since the punishment is the very separation that we wish to avoid, we can't pay the penalty ourselves. What the animal sacrifice taught us was that we can be made right with God only if another one takes our place for us. And the Passover meal becomes for us as it becomes the Lord's Supper, the communion table. It becomes a constant reminder of every person's need for that sacrifice. Just as it was a young adult male without spot or blemish, killed by the hand of man to save from slavery and the judgment of God. That is what we remember tonight. When God Himself came, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, and died for us. A young adult male, without spot or blemish, killed by that hand of man to save not from slavery to Egypt, but from slavery to sin. Not from God's judgment against the firstborn, but again from His judgment against all people. On Easter Sunday, we will celebrate the resurrection. The fact that death could not hold Him, but was defeated. It is what gives us hope in the middle of a broken world. But today, tonight, we take a solemn moment to remember the death of Jesus. Made necessary by our own demands to be judged based on our works, on our own worthiness. God doesn't ask you to add your works to His own to prove yourself worthy of life. He wants each and every one of us to live a life of love, of trust, and obedience, but He is absolutely clear that eternal life is gained and kept based on His work alone, not ours. It was Jesus' death and His alone that paid for every sin, every wrong, every act of pride and rebellion against God. And if you have never trusted in Jesus alone, but your confidence has always been somehow in your strength, in your repentance, your obedience, I ask that you ask God to show Himself to you, to tell you what is true, to reveal to you through His Word how 
we can have a right relationship with Him. Now that was written down. I know that I'm in a room full of so many people who have trusted in Jesus. So many people whose belief has given them eternal life. Not because of their belief, but because of Jesus in whom they have believed. As Jesus said Himself in John 5.24, Anyone who hears My Word and believes Him who sent Me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Let's bow our heads and thank Jesus for His death. God, thank You for the gift that You have made for us. Based on our works, on our efforts, we deserve nothing but judgment. For the payment of sin is death, but Your gift, O God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus, who took our death on Himself. Thank You that You have offered us life so freely. Help us to trust in Your work and to live lives worthy of the free gift that You have given. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're now going to come to the Lord's table, to, to this table to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is open to every person who has trusted in Jesus Christ. And parents, that includes any of your children who have trusted in Jesus and understand the importance of the Lord's Supper. The bread and the cup serve as powerful symbols and reminders to us of the once and for all sacrifice made on our behalf. As Jesus told his disciples on the night before his death to eat the bread and remember his body broken for them. So we eat the bread and remember his body broken for us. And as Jesus told his disciples to drink the cup and remember his blood poured out for us. So we drink the cup and remember his body, his blood poured out for us. We're going to be, as you can probably tell, doing this a little differently than normal. Rather than bringing the elements to you, we'll invite you, when you're ready, to come to the front and take the bread and the cup. The bread is an actual loaf um, from which you can break off a piece or a gluten-free option in the middle. So when the music begins, take some time in your seats. Pray. Remember, thank God for His gift of grace made possible by the cross. And when you're ready, come to the Lord's table. Break off some bread, take the cup. And whether you partake at the table or back in your seats is up to you. I only ask that as you take part, you remember and thank our Lord.
Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. And thank you for this chance to remember. And thank you for the body and for the blood. Amen. And now may the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. For he came to bind up the brokenhearted. To comfort all who mourn. And provide for all who grieve. He has promised to grant you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. Amen. Go in peace.